the celebrity pastor, the celebrity leader. People tend to be uh, to attracted to those those churches, and um, other than directing people to, to to a different value system, a biblical value system where it's not about us, where worship is not about me. I mean, the the dumbest. I, my best friend said the dumbest thing to ask after a worship service is, "Did I like it?" Hey, worship teams. Welcome to the Worship Team Training Podcast with Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. Here is your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey guys, what's good? Brandon here. Thanks again for downloading and uploading the Worship Team Training Podcast into your playlist and device. I have a special, special, special show for you today. Good friend, Michael Card that I've known personally over the past 20 years or so. He's been a mentor of mine in what I'm doing here with Worship Team Training and also with local ministry. And I recently had Michael Card on my other podcast, Confessions of a Worship Leader, in which we talked about worship, but the damage of spiritual abuse and its effects on the church and its reality effects on us as worship leaders and ministers. So I hope that you take a listen and to be encouraged as Michael shares with us the biblical importance of what true worship really means and also how to work through spiritually difficult situations that I know a lot of you worship leaders are facing within your church and you're afraid to talk about it because of the powers that be, but I'm here to encourage you and let you know that you are not alone and that we all need this kind of encouragement. I couldn't think of a better person than Michael Card. If you haven't taken a listen to the Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast, I encourage you to search that out on your favorite podcast streaming platform and subscribe to it, and you'll get a lot more content based on those same topics. But I wanted to bring Michael Card over to the Worship Team Training Podcast to give you that source of inspiration to help you within your ministry. So take a listen. I hope you enjoy it. So today's special guest stepping into the confessional booth is Michael Card. You may know Michael from being a recording artist worship leader for 38 albums he's authored 28 books he's the host of a weekly podcast and has written for a wide range of magazines uh, he's penned such favorites as as you may remember el shaddai love crucified a rose and my favorite emmanuel the popularity of his work seemed to be a stark contrast goal in his life uh, because he simply is a Bible teacher, but I look at him as a Bible teacher through song. He and his wife, Susan, and their four children, four grandchildren, they live in Franklin, Tennessee. Actually, they live like further out in the boondocks that we're not going to tell you where, Tennessee. And each year he travels the country doing music and teaching. And um, Mike and I met back at a place called Lady Lodge in a town called Fredericksburg, Texas, about probably... 10 or so years ago uh and he's more than that and he's been a dear friend ever since so without further ado let's welcome michael card michael how are you today thanks for being here hey brandon i'm i'm good i'm good are you okay you doing all right you know i'm i'm doing better now that we got all of our technical issues yeah. my technical issues well solved, yeah the listeners need to know that we've been going back and forth for about 30 minutes trying to get everything to work so 
Yeah. It was another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we have the pleasure of actually doing this for real and seeing how it works. And uh, you'll, uh, listeners and watchers, you'll be, you'll have the verdict uh, if this podcast even continues and you get to the end of it. So, Mike. We talk a lot about spiritual abuse. Uh, I had a couple on yesterday, or actually just a, a young lady who I interviewed as well. And both sets of people told me that the church that they're in, that's driven by the pride of the pastor, this is spiritually abusive to them. And, and on this podcast and site, we talk a lot about what spiritual abuse is and how it affects people. And basically, spiritual abuse is nothing new because it's been ever since the, the day even before Jesus walked the earth. Yes. Spiritually, emotional abuse, you put it that way also, is when we put that in the church context and the uh, biblical context, what, well, not biblical, but if we put this in the Christian sphere of things, it's manipulation simply of Scripture and using... Uh, with the with well, using the emphasis of "thus says the Lord," so to speak, that would just quantify everything, and that is in the attempt for the pastor or religious leaders to gain control, so that people will serve their needs, plain and simple. So, in today's time in 2022, we now have this term that you know it's no it's not church hurt because a lot of people use that term and that's mainly about like you know if people gossip in the church or they say something bad about you church hurt um, but i don't think that goes deep enough so spiritual abuse is when um someone has been damaged by what a pastor has said or or leaders that have done to shame a person within ministry in a ministry context in a church environment which i have suffered that personally for a good 25 years of my um, ministry field. And so even at the time, Mike, when I met you, I was going through a really bad time, a really bad place, just like the couple that I spoke with yesterday and this in particular one lady. And they asked the question, with all that going around, the spiritual abuse environment that they're in, how does one still worship? Now, I thought that this would be an a incredible topic to hear from you about mm. mike because you teach on worship you know worship so well and a lot of people look to you for that encouragement including myself and then i thought well then how do we put this in in the context of someone who is really seeking god who is really trying to live out biblically their life before him and worship him in truth and spirit but they're having the difficulty because man is in the way yeah so how does one worship amid a spiritual abuse, Mike? Well, I think for a Christian, we always, our, our, our method, our, our, um, our, our mode of understanding everything is, is always to return to the life of Jesus. You always go back. And if anybody ever experienced spiritual abuse, it was Jesus. Uh, from the the powers that be, the mainly the Pharisees and the and the, the well and the priests, the people that were in charge of the temple, the very place where worship was supposed to be happening, they were his biggest adversaries, and so were the Pharisees. And and you look back at the life of Jesus, and I think he never let them 
uh, hamper. He never let them stand in the way of his worship of God. Um, it's almost like he didn't want to let them win. Uh, um, he was always faithful in 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 recognizing and celebrating the worth the the worth of his father, which is what worship is. It's celebrating the worth of God, and uh, and so I, I I always go back to to Jesus' life. What did Jesus do in the old days? We used to have these bracelets. WWJD, what yeah. Jesus do, um, and and so I, I see that Jesus didn't let those people spoil it for him. And in my situation, I mean, I've been in Christian music for forty years, and especially in the early years, and 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 mm. maybe halfway through CCM, yeah, CCM. I was I was sort of I won't say I was victimized by that, but I was definitely I was definitely a second class citizen in the CCM world. Because um, right. because I didn't ascribe to the same sort of formula that that uh, that were popular at the time, but um, right. I I think it it for me it had to do with I was well discipled by a guy named William Lane, and uh, Bill Bill didn't let his he was a, a an academic he didn't let the other academics spoil his worship life uh, with their uh, strictures. And Bill taught me that uh, in, in the same in the same context in Christian music. I just didn't let people spoil it for me. Uh, I, I want to um, stay connected to the Lord, and I'm I'm not going to let uh, someone else's formula, because sometimes it's very formulaic, sometimes it's very emotionalistic. Um, I mean, you you probably can articulate the, the the problems better than I can. But my determination was I was not going to let anything come between me and connecting with Jesus. And um, that has served me well. I can say in 40 years, uh, I've, I've not developed any bit bitterness. I think uh, it was a struggle for a while, but now I'm 65. I have no bitterness uh, for, for all those years and all those yeah. uh, strictures that were that, that people tried to place on me. And uh, I mean, God was faithful. I, I, I just did my best to stay connected to him. And lo and behold, he uh, he was faithful. I mean, I'm always well, faithful. You know, He's always faithful. Yes, absolutely. Um, I find I find that really interesting because you like a lot of worship leaders and people in ministry right now, you had your own version of this doing music in CCM where you said that you had restrictions placed on you. You had to follow a certain formula, a certain path, walk a certain way, talk a certain way, have your own identity a certain way that was apart from who you were. And that's very much like what a lot of people are going through today yeah. in the church, the formulas that they're told to swallow. Yeah. So take us back. How, how did you handle that in your terrain back 20, 30, 40 years ago? Well, again, I, I think you stay true. I go and not let people confuse it for you. I, I go back to the fact that, I mean, completely, um, completely apart from myself, I was discipled by a remarkable na man named William Lane. Bill was a biblical scholar. He wrote commentaries and that sort of thing. But he was also my pastor. He was also the first person to ever ask me to write a song. I can remember one Sunday morning, Bill walked up to me and said. You play the guitar, don't you, Mr. Card? 
And I said, well, yes, sir. But for me, guitars were for, for attracting girls at the student center in, in college. I'm in college, right? That's what a guitar is right. for. I, no concept of worship. I had no concept of using those uh, those gifts for the Lord. That was all Bill uh, introducing that to me. So Bill just very very offhandedly said, "Here's my sermon for next for next week. Write us a chorus." And I'd I'd never done anything like that. And me with my uh, mixed motives because that's all I've got is mixed motives. Um, I'd love to say that uh, I want. I heard the Lord calling me, and I was spiritual and obedient, and I, I followed His call. I didn't. I just wanted to please Bill, this professor that I so admired. And so I started writing music in the context of a little black church, uh, Cecilia Memorial Presbyterian Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And Bill would give me his sermons, and I would write songs. And that's how I started. That was. 19 or about 1980 81 no i graduated 81 that was before that even it's like 78 79 anyway um but it, it wasn't my faithfulness it wasn't my spirituality it wasn't my obedience it was in spite of my disobedience and my lack of spirituality that god used me anyway and so that and that was when ccm was in its i mean it even before its infancy and so uh, what happened was I, I, uh, I graduated and I was going to go on and teach. I wanted to be a teacher and, like Bill. I wanted to get a Ph.D. and teach Bible study in a, in a secular university the way he did. And lo and behold, uh, Christian music started. And I had a friend who was a producer who wanted me to record these songs I'd written from Bill's sermons. And that's how I got started. And, and lo and behold, there was this world this whole world and a song was supposed to be this and it's supposed to be this long it's supposed to you know uh, connect with people at this level and all i wanted to do was teach the bible i wanted to teach the bible with the songs that i that i was writing and so i'm not really a worship leader strictly speaking i'm a i'm as boring as this sounds i'm sort of a musical yeah. bible teacher you're listening to the confessions of a worship leader podcast with brandon dempsey we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, X, and Threads at Confessions of a Worship Leader. Now, back to our episode. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny um, to hear you talk because it's you have such a vast uh, experience on this topic about leading worship in the church and doing things that were outside formula and now you're being restricted to adhere to a certain criteria in order for you to be accepted yes so let me just ask you um you know what was when you're when you're going through this now in the church let's let's go back to that story when you are leading worship now in the church um were they used to somebody that was leading by guitar number one and were they used to somebody that was writing songs so what kind of you, you had to experience some kind of conflict or or maybe disagreement at the way that you've done music what was that like for you back then well th this is really before the worship movement started this is the ccm movement and i think what happened as a result of the fact that um that the church wasn't uh connecting with young young people in terms of 
in, in terms of music and connecting with scripture. I think God raised up a bunch of us and we started writing these Jesus. I mean, it was Jesus movement. That's what it was. Right. Uh, we were right. Je- we were Jesus freaks. And so we wrote songs about Jesus. Some of them were worship songs and some of them were teaching songs. My my calling has primarily been to teaching uh, to to do teaching songs. Uh, but since but but since that time the worship movement started. Uh, I mean, I think in, in in some sense CCM sort of failed because it, it it didn't have the worship element that it should have had, and so the worship movement worship music movement started, and then and and now in some some to some extent that movement has sort of failed. Uh, I mean, and yeah, I don't want to say it's failed, but it, it is it's not it has not met the needs of the church in terms of providing music that that allows people to, to really connect and recognize the worship, the, the worth of God. And, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, no matter what we, I mean, we're humans. What we do is, fra- is, is fragile and you know, faulted and that sort of thing. But, um, I, I do think the CCM movement was too much based on, on, on people, on, on personalities, on making people famous and then, unfortunately, the worship movement started, and it eventually adapted that too. And now we have worship music celebrities. Well, I mean, what is that? Uh, right. Um, right. I think they they got that from us. That's that's my fault. That's our fault. That's the CCM. That's CCM's well, I, fault. I agree with. And that the point statement. is. The point is, yeah. you can sell more records. You can sell more records from a person whose name is well known. That's the point. Mm-hmm. That's the True. point. And I, I think there was a whole group of people around your age who recognized how bankrupt the CCM movement was, and they began worship the worship movement. But then eventually, the worship mu- movement became commercialized in the same sort of. Uh, celebrityism uh, sort of got woven into it, and uh, I think we—that's okay. one reason why we are where we are. So then, with the commercialization of pastor sermons, also, right? I mean, I saw a commercial where I thought a—I saw a commercial for a church and a pastor that literally I thought it was going to be a boxing match that I was going to see. You know, they had like the action shots of the pastor speaking and um, all the flash photography and the cut shot editing. And I just thought, who, what fight am I going to be watching now? And so, and we know where that comes from because that, that comes from a pastor that is seeking the acceptance, that's seeking the power. They are trying to seek their own platform and to make themselves known more than what they're making God known. So, again, help us understand this. How does someone that is in the pews, that is truly seeking God or truly seeking worship, and they have the commercialized worship leader right there too, and I know like I'm saying this right now, a lot of worship leader friends that I have will not like my channel, and they don't like me talking this way because they're in it. They may be one themselves, or they may be caught up in that machine, and they don't know what to do. So, Mike, help us understand this then. How does someone stay true to worship amid the unworshipful? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I I go back to Scripture. I go back to someone like John the Baptist. What does John the Baptist say? 
I must become less important and he must become more important. And that's the pattern for, and of course, Jesus is always our ultimate pattern in terms of he emptied himself and he let go of his power. He let go of his authority. Um, um, but, but people like that from the scriptures are our exemplars. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, I'm going to a little community church, Fernvale Community Church out in the middle of nowhere. And our worship leader, whose name is Lee, he gets it. And our pastor gets it. And I think there probably, there are numerically more churches where, where the pastor, the worship leader are, are faithful, are acting in, in faithfulness than there are the, the churches that you're, you know, kind of you're referring to where it's all about them. Unfortunately, people want, people are attracted to uh, the, 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 the churches where there's the celebrity pastor, the celebrity yeah. leader, people tend to be uh, to attracted to those, tr- those churches. And um, other than directing people to, to, to a different value system, a biblical value system where it's not about us, where worship is not about me. I mean, this, the dumbest, I have, my best friend said, the dumbest thing to ask after a worship service is, did I like it? That's the stupid. <laughs> that's the stupidest yeah. question you can ask, right? Yes. But but unfortunately, because of because of commercialization and all these sort of things, that again, I'm from the CCM generation. This is all my fault. I'll take I'll take the 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 the, uh, the I'll bear I'll bear the uh, no, responsibility. Disagree with that because that's what we did. We, it was all about us. So here's the new Michael Carter. It's not your fault. It's what it's what, but it's what man made out of it, right? Well, again, it's how far other people kept taking it. Again, if you're famous, I can sell more records. I can sell more of your records. If you're famous, I can get more people to come to your church. And we again, we go back to the scriptures and we see Jesus, who in Philippians two six through eleven, he let go of his authority. He let go of all those things. Uh, and and John the Baptist. I must become less important. He must become more important. That's the value scriptures that teach the scriptures clearly give us. And, uh, and, and again, I don't want to become just negative about this because I know, uh, I know a number of pastors and worship leaders who, who get this. And so I think to people that are listening to this podcast, I would say, find a church like that, you know, find a church mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Wendell Berry says, you know, you should pick your church. Oh, wow. Love Wendell Berry. Yeah, well, Wendell Berry says, you know, how do you pick your church? Wendell Berry says, go to the church that's closest to your house. And that's what I did. I found this little church that's two miles down the road from where I live in Fernvale. And lo and behold, mm. there's it's 15, 20 people. It's a, a Lee, again, is our worship leader. He plays a guitar. Uh, very much, you know, kind of pointing wow. Himself, and uh, we, my wife and I, we've been parts of big churches that have big worship bands, and you know, it's 80, 85, 90 decibels, so loud that you can't hear yourself sing. Uh, in my church now, if it's too loud, I walk to the back of the church and I turn it down. <laughs> we have no sound man in my church, <laughs> so uh, yeah, if it gets too loud or if the lead singer is too loud, I just go back to the sound booth and I turn it down myself. So it's a wonderful thing. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now, now that could be spiritually abusive to the worship leader now. Well, but our worship leader, he's fine with it. He's fine with it. He <laughs> trusts me. He trusts me. Because, because and you know this, uh, Brandon, when, yeah. when, it, yeah. when, and it's so, when it's so loud that you can't hear yourself sing, you can't worship. 
If I you can't sound like hear an my, old person. Well, I, I guess I do. I'm, I'm becoming my father. But I, I'll look whenever it's loud. <laughs> I'll look. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's reading the lyrics and no one's singing. And I go back and I'll turn everything down. And all of a sudden, everyone starts singing. Because they can hear themselves. But that's true, though. But that, but that's logistically true. Absolutely. Are you looking for new ways to train your worship team that can also fit your budget? Visit our site to learn more of how our workshops can meet the needs of your worship team. Go to worshipteamtraining.com slash workshops. Did you know that most of our podcasts are also on video, ready for you to watch when you visit our Worship Team Training YouTube channel? So what do you say to those that are hurting in the church from from being manipulated by pastors and even by worship leaders with their music? I, I just say don't don't let those outside um, don't let don't let them spoil it for you. You know, you, you stay connected to Christ, you stay connected to the scriptures. And if you need to go someplace else to find a pastor who it's not all about him and a worship leader who it's not all about him then do that that's what i did uh, yeah and, and the churches right. i was going to before the churches were i was going to before weren't bad churches i'm not condemning the churches i was before they were just big sure. and the reason they were big was they had a celebrity worship leader and a celebrity pastor and and uh and they're and they're good man. The, the last church we were in was in a big church, six thousand people, and the pastor was a, the reason there were six thousand people was he was an incredible pastor and an, an incredible man. There wasn't anything wrong with him. He's a good he was a good man, but uh, the mm. church was just following this formula where bigger right. is better, and um, and so we we just we followed the Wendell Berry formula of uh, go to the church that's closest to your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love that. Uh, Mike, I have a um, scripture that I always ask people to give their take on. It comes from James 5.13. It's one of my favorites. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. What significance does that scripture hold for you? Well, I, I, the, the Psalms and, 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 and music in general, worship in general, is, is the way to stay connected to God. We, um, mm. you know, he, uh, worship is a response. I mean, God, God seeks us, right? Those are the kind of worshipers I'm seeking. Right. Yes, I know. And You're so in response, in, in response to his seeking and pulling and, and attracting to me and being beautiful and believable and all the things he is, uh, I respond. Uh, it's almost right. like romance. I mean, I saw my, my wife is very beautiful. We've been married 40 years. The first time I saw my wife and saw how beautiful she was, I sort of responded. It was sort of like worship. Man, I, mean, I don't want to say I worship my wife, but I just saw yeah, this. Yeah, beautiful. I get it. Yeah, I saw this beautiful woman, and I had to respond. Well, again, when you see, especially through Christ, who God is, how much He loves us. He loves me, you know, right or wrong. Even if I'm wrong, He's on my side. Even if I'm wrong, He loves me. Uh, how do I? I've got to respond to that, and I respond by saying, "I'm going to give you my life." Uh, and and worship is that will. Singing songs on Sunday is just this tiny little fragment of it. The rest of it is, you know, obedience in the context of my community and caring for people and the poor and 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 digging into His Word. Right now, I'm 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 moving it. Let me show you this. I'm moving into a new Bible. 
this is, here's my old Bible on the top. Here's my new Bible on the bottom. <laughs> That's I'm awesome. moving into it, and part, so part of worshiping Him was is is staying connected to His Word, and yeah. uh, and a whole worship is a whole lifestyle. And I think one reason we don't we we tend to not understand it is that we we say it's oh it's just this 45 minutes on Sunday. And you know all this. You've talked about this probably endlessly. Um, mm-hmm. No worship is this life. Uh, of res- of responding to the worth of God and and how beautiful He is and how much He loves me and I and I do. Brendan Manning is one that said, you know, right or wrong, especially when I'm wrong, He's on my side. And there's nobody yeah. more wor- worshiping than that person. I mean, it's that mm-hmm. simple. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, Mike, we appreciate you being with us today. I want to have you back with some more topics, and this has been really enriching to hear your your background and uh, just how the the two are coming together today. Because I find it very important for those that are suffering still ministry for them to still stay connected, as you say, to Jesus and worship. So, thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you, Brandon. Hey guys, hope that you enjoyed the special episode with Michael Card on the Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast. For more content and great guests on topics just like these, go to Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast by searching that out on your favorite podcast distribution platform and also all of our socials. We appreciate your attention and listening to us on the Worship Team Training Podcast and Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast. See you next time. Thanks for joining us. Like today's episode, do you have a comment or a show topic idea? DM us on our socials or text us at 512-537-6677. Will you help us spread the word? We ask if you would give us a high rating and traffic comment about the podcast on your favorite streaming platform. This has been a Worship Team Training Digital Production, copyright 2023. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again on the next one.